Hi, welcome to the Love Anarchy Podcast and the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, Love and Relationship Coach. I'm here on a solo episode today to talk about the slang definitions of some bad behavior on social media and online dating and what happens because of the cultivation that our dating has gone online. I think it's important that we know these terms. Some are really familiar. Some have been around a long time. Some have been definitely used by me as a psychotherapist and a coach that's gotten a little more mainstream in the slang language of love. The dating world is constantly changing. Now, with texting, apps, and other technologies are transforming the way we work in relationships, the way we meet, the way we form relationships, and how we relate with people. Unfortunately, it also means that there is changing terminology Often some that we have to wrap our head around, especially with like me being an X generation. I talk to my daughter, who's Z, who understands all these terms and is around them a great deal on her social media, which I'm only privy to because of the field that I'm in. Being the optimist that I am, I was hoping some of these terms would be more positive, but Unfortunately, they are the negative side of dealing with dates and online dating. And given we have so many options these days, you may have heard of the term ghosting. And it makes sense just thinking of the word of being involved with someone or talking to someone, starting to establish some kind of connection and poof, they're gone. But there's also terms like love bombing and gaslighting that have been reserved for psychotherapists or a way to describe some behaviors done by narcissists or people with borderline personality disorder that have become more mainstream. So don't jump in and diagnose somebody just because they do these behaviors. But let's go ahead and open some up. And I'll explain where the root of these come from and how they play out. So since we brought up ghosting, let's go ahead and start there. And like I said, it's nothing new to modern day culture, but it has ramped up due to the fact of the impersonal feeling that you have online dating. It really describes the act of abruptly and without seemingly any reason just stopping all communication within a budding romantic relationship. The ghoster just disappears and never calls, never texts, never follows up again, ceasing all communication. And Psychologists believe that this form of cruelty 
even deepens feelings of desertion and abandonment. And I also wonder if it's done to some people that they feel it's okay to do to others and kind of pay it forward in a very backwards way. I believe if you're seeing someone, even after a first date where you agreed to go on another one, or if it's just not working out or you're not feeling it, it's best to do it the right way. Tell the person what you're feeling. Make a clean break, even if it's a difficult conversation. But if you are the victim of a ghoster, then maybe they did you a favor because they would never be able to deal with conflict or they might be flighty. There are some behaviors that come after ghosting or are related to ghosting. One is termed as haunting. Sometimes people that are ghosting a former partner will just pop back up into your or that person's life without explanation, without apology, without any background information. But haunting isn't very direct, thus the avoidance of the real communication and the real reasons why it happened. It's often done through social media, like starting slowly to warm up, commenting on photos, liking things. Um, Yeah, just having their presence known. For example, haunters may post a little comment on your Facebook or other social media about a story that they like. And often it takes you by surprise. They appear to be very lazy and uh, not very devoted attempts and probably shouldn't be taken to heart, although they are trying to get some attention or trying to cause some trouble. But if they really wanted to reach out really serious about it, they have your phone number and they would call or at least text and explain in detail what had happened and apologize at the very least. Another term that often comes after ghosting is called submarining. Um, If you think of the image of a submarine totally emerging from the depths of the darkness, only to totally come back up to surface, probably only to go back down again with ghosting. But unlike just a ghoster coming back and sending a flirty text or a little comment on your Facebook, they actually try to see if you will let them back into your life. And they will make serious attempts, but often they don't measure up to a real connection. And it's kind of ego-based, very situational, quick-time emergence into your life. So really, don't look at this as true, real connection. The submarine can look or be explained as that in and out. All hot, all cold, all hot, all cold. Either under 
or above water. The next term that comes often after ghosting is called zombieing. So we've learned that ghosts often haunt in submarine. And finally, they can also zombie. This describes a ghosting person that will pop back into someone's life for months or even years past the original ghosting. Oftentimes, because so much time has gone on, the zombie can say that they've changed or try to show that they've changed, giving that lapse in time of not knowing exactly what's going on with them. It may make you stop and think, but don't fall for this one either. Even though they say they didn't mean to ghost you initially and maybe didn't realize that they were doing it, really don't fall for this one either. And orbiting is a little bit newer of a term, but it's the new, new improved ghosting. With social media available It's actually rare nowadays that somebody will completely disappear. The alternative is they orbit your world in social media, maybe constantly spying or dropping hints that they're there liking your photos or your post. It's like a persistent lurking on you but without actually ever truly, truly connecting in conversations or any real connection. Orbiting is almost more confusing because they appear to have some interest in you, but never any direct communication or any depth of connection or any explanation about how they feel or why they backed off. So it's almost harder to click that button so they can't see your posts at all, to completely block them. It's almost more confusing unless they come back as a submarine or even a zombie. Another term that is used by zombies and by submarines and all those is called breadcrumbing. But this can be used across the board and isn't necessarily specific to social media or online dating. It's the idea that you're getting just enough breadcrumbs to keep your attention. But not enough to create a whole loaf of bread or a whole connection or a whole relationship or a whole picture that someone really likes you. It always leaves that mystery that, well, I think they like me. I've also heard this term as kerneling. And actually, I think there was a TV show, which I can't recall right now, but I know there was a song about it that was pretty well done and um, was very interesting about a woman who was no longer going to take crumbs or kernels. Then there's the term benching that definitely involves some amount of breadcrumbing. Think about 
being the athlete that is benched, that is sitting on the bench waiting to get into the game. They don't know when they're doing it, but the coach always comes out and gives them, you know, coming up soon, or maybe if you do this or that, and gives them a little hope as they sit on the bench. This is also considered stacking your roster. So it's not you that are sitting on the bench alone. There are also often other potential players. Sometimes people will bench you because you're ready for a relationship and maybe they are not. Regardless of why somebody's trying to bench you, it's still not very communicative or forward-thinking behavior and really doesn't put your feelings into consideration. It keeps you on the back burner, just staying warm and waiting for them to call you into the game. Then there comes the idea of situationship versus relationship which means it's kind of like a fake relationship. And it involves two people, whether one or both of them are in a relationship due to convenience or certain circumstances or getting something out of it where they wouldn't of anyways, whether than money, opportunity, maybe connections, or just out of loneliness or boredom. And not out of true, genuine interest. So your next door neighbor or your friend's friend, just because it's easy. This situationship often by nature has an expiration date. This can include going back to school, going to school, moving across town for a job or moving to another country, or prior to his or her girlfriend or boyfriend coming back into town. Catfishing. We hear that a lot. There are documentaries about it, like Catfish series in 2010. Very, very interesting concept that is really cultivated by social media and the ability to be or show something that you're not. It's one of the inherent risks we have. And it used to be more men would be catfished, but now women are too in trying to lure lonely women in to overseas people who are looking to dig deep into their pockets. But men have this and have had this for a longer period of time, younger women or supposed younger women. But I think the term is also with women who put altered or old photos on their profile, trying to seem younger or more attractive than they really are. And men I've met have said they feel catfished here, that it's not, it's a misrepresentation of who they really are. People in long distance relationships getting more emotionally involved and maybe living at a distance are more risk to this as well. 
So the solution to catfishing is to have the intention of video calling someone or having a solid communication with them and rather sooner than later meeting in person. And then the slow fade. This is one of many techniques to avoid the breakup, the talk, hurting someone's feelings, although it is slow and painful. It's a slow pulling away and creating distance in order to end a relationship. This often happens during a newer relationships, maybe when the conversation hasn't run so deep. But again, it's cowardice and just being honest and avoiding the conflict or avoiding feeling guilty about breaking up with someone. Well, those are a little more common slang terms that I've come across, but I'll go ahead and discuss some more that have been emerging, and I'm sure there's more and more that have emerged that I don't even know about yet. But one that really made me think of that show on Netflix is called Fleabagging, dating people that are all wrong for you. Maybe because you're lonely or they're lonely just to entertain or just to distract, perhaps until a more interesting prospect comes along. So often flea bagging is somebody wasting your time. And on Plenty of Fish, there was a survey that half the singles have had done this. And interestingly, more women than men tend to do flea bagging. Another behavior or term called catch and release are people who just love the thrill of the chase. But once the initial catch or the initial excitement about the thrill of the chase wears off, then people lose interest immediately. It's like being reeled in and then they can prove that they can catch this prize fish and they just release it, thus the catch and release. This is often people who don't have any intentions of committing but may show up that way in order to get you to buy in. They may come on really hot and maybe gaslight, another term, and to be able to draw you in and get you to lower your guard and loosen up and fall for them. So it's all a game, has nothing to do with you, and just about ego, and no intention of ever truly having a relationship or dating you, just seeing if they can get you. So a term that really interests me is called micro-cheating. Given that social media and online dating have really blurred the lines on telling the truth and what fidelity really is, 
because there's so many ways you can blur the line without meeting people in person. So getting attention from somebody else on social media, commenting on a a hottie on Instagram, maybe a model, and just getting that, you know, attention just because you're not meeting somebody in person or you don't have intentions to meet up with them or build a relationship with them, it still doesn't mean it won't hurt your partner. And then there's the term roaching, again, related to infidelity. It's mutually deciding to keep things casual with someone you can date around, but it's not implied that you were actually deliberately hiding the fact that you were seeing other people. It's kind of a bait and switch here. So when the partner confronts the partner who has been seeing other people or sleeping with other people, that they can claim that they knew that they didn't have an exclusive relationship from out the gate. Another new term called stashing is one that just came across my computer when I was doing this research for this podcast. And it's someone who avoided you meeting family, friends, coworkers, maybe somebody who even just wanted to come and hang out with your friends or come to your house. So they might be stashing you, hiding you away, which leaves you wondering, are they ashamed of you? And there are many reasons why people may be stashing you. They might be seeing multiple people and less likely to be found out if they keep you a secret or stay on your side of the tracks. Or it may be just that they've gotten burnt in the past and they don't want to be vulnerable and allow you in their lives that deeply. So they're being guarded. Some other ones, and I'm going to try to pronounce them properly. And one is textlationship. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. There's zumping. There's sidebarring, also known as fubbing. There's gatsbying also known as Instagram standing. There is kitten fishing and marling. So there is not a lack of these terms, but I have imagined I could have a 16-hour special on all of them. So I thought I'd give you a little overview of the popular ones and some of the more interesting ones that I stumbled across. But I'm going to be honest, being the optimist and trying to stay positive, it was really hard to talk about these terms and this slang, having them be all negative. But it's important that we know these behaviors and these terms and what's happening to us when we feel abandoned or when we suspect somebody is lying to us. It's important we know that it is a possibility so we can cut it off and know our value or our lovability has nothing to do 
with how other people act. This is their own value structure and their own ability to play games or not have deep relationships or their inability to communicate openly. And I don't want you to fall into the trap of feeling like it's okay to do that back. Stay in integrity. Even if other people are doing this, don't feel like you need to do it too or that everybody's doing it. So these are people to avoid and behaviors to avoid if you're really wanting a genuine, communicative, and honest relationship or dating experience. Thanks for joining me for episode 10 of the Love Anarchy podcast and the Relationship Rebellion. I know you have a myriad of podcasts to choose from, so I thank you from the bottom of my heart for choosing to spend your time with us. Don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when a new episode is uploaded. And don't forget to tell your friends so they can listen too. I'm Andrea Atherton, your host and love and relationship consultant, leaving you with my favorite short but sweet quote, love is the only true power. 